Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Hello, everyone. I am going to be reading from a new-ish middle grade book called The Town with No Mirrors by Christina Collins. And here's a little bit about the book. In the town of Gladder Hill, there's no such word as ugly or beautiful. Zaley has never seen her own face. She's never seen her reflection, a photo of herself, or even a drawing. In the special community of Gladder Hill, cameras and mirrors are forbidden. It's why everyone's happier here. Nobody talks about anyone else's appearance. You're not supposed to think about what other people look like or what you look like, but Zaley does. She knows her superficial thoughts are wrong, and her sketchbook, filled with secret portraits of her classmates and neighbors, could get her in trouble. Yet she can't help but think those thoughts and be curious about the outside world where she once lived years ago. Most of all, she wonders what it's like to see herself, her own face. When Zaley suddenly finds herself beyond the gates of her town, She has a chance to see if what she's been taught about the outside world is true and search for the mother she barely remembers. Only then will she be able to find out the real story about Gladder Hill. But is she prepared for the truth? So, part one, superficial, adjective, first definition, of, relating to, or located near a surface. Two, external or outward. Three, Concerned with or comprehending only what is on the surface or obvious. Four, shallow, not profound, or thorough. Chapter one, I think I have a staring problem. It feels worse here in art class, but also safest. While everyone else's eyes fix on their projects, mine can roam free. Across from me, Mallory Windelson picks her nose while she draws. It looks pointier than ever today, and a new red spot gleams on its tip. Next to her, Ricky Sanchez grins at whatever he's drawing, revealing the gap between his front teeth. Has it widened since yesterday? Beyond him, Hal Gotwell yawns and the cinnamon-colored specks on his cheeks stretch and shift. I swear they've multiplied since math class this morning. My eyes move on, scanning my other classmates, mainly bent heads, but at some angles I can see faces. That's what fascinates me most, faces. I wonder if mine looks like any of theirs. Okay, stop what you're doing. I jerk my gaze to the front of the room. Did I give myself away somehow? Did I stare too long? I should have known. Mr. Huddle suspects me, senses my superficial thoughts. Time for partner critiques, he announces. He's looking at the clock, not at me. My muscles loosen a little. False alarm. Still, I need to be more careful. You all know the drill, he says. Turn to the person next to you. I look first to my right, where Olive is turning to Jill. That shouldn't surprise me. She's been choosing Jill over me for a while now. It's probably for the best. Olive's drawing a unicorn again. She has unicorn fever. But to each their own, because this week we can draw any subject we want, as long as it incorporates shading. Well, any subject but one, of course. Looks like you're stuck with me, says a voice on my left. 
I turned toward Noah Spinsky. I guess I don't mind getting him as a partner. Everyone else gives only nice feedback so that they'll get the same in return. But I can trust Noah, to be honest. An apple? He raises an eyebrow. Wow, exciting subject matter. Sometimes too honest. Here one to talk, I point at his drawing. Another sunset. How imaginative. It's a sunrise, thank you very much. Right, I grin. My bad. The truth is, it's fine by me if he thinks I only draw boring, ordinary things. It's safer if people think that. They won't suspect me. Anyway, Noah sighs. Your apple still looks better than anything I could draw. You could draw a dot and still be the best artist in the class. I'm not the best. My cheeks burn. Are they reddening like Alice Flynn's do when Mr. Huddle calls on her? No. Bad thought. Then why did Mr. Huddle call you that last week? I heard him telling Principal Gladder. You did? Don't let it get to your head. Noah leans back in his chair. Now, should we talk about yours first or mine? Yours, I say, wanting to get the attention off me. Yeah, let's save the best for last. That's not what I... Break it to me gently. He turns his drawing toward me. How bad is it? I study the drawing. A basic sunrise with hills, a little house, a semicircle on the horizon, and lines for sun rays. I try not to cringe at the M-shaped birds in the sky. It's good. I like that you included birds, I say, because I always start with a compliment. But, but maybe they could be more lifelike. He slouches a little. Okay, what else? Well, I search for something to praise. I don't want to make him slouch even more, but I find myself at a loss. It's really nice overall, I say. If you wanted, you could add some shadow and dark tones to the hills, give them more dimension. I can't help noticing he's staring at me now while I talk, which is normal, I know to look at someone when they're speaking. It's one of the few times staring is appropriate, but his pop eyes are fixed somewhere near my nose, threatening to pop right out of their sockets. That's what I call them in my head, pop eyes, because they seem almost too big for his eyelids. Now, especially. More dimension and, um, I stammer, losing my train of thought. I try to focus on Noah's sunrise. The hills, the M-shaped birds, but I still feel him staring at me. I can dish it out, but apparently I can't take it. What does he see that's so eye-popping? Uh, Zaley? He shifts in his seat. Are you okay? My stomach flips. Yeah, why? There's something on your... He clears his throat. You're kind of bleeding. Bleeding? As my mouth moves, something tickles my top lip. My fingers fly up and then come away with dark red. Oh. We've always been told that the only time it's okay to talk about someone's appearance is if there's a medical reason. And in that case, you can always find a non-superficial way to phrase it. I guess that was Noah's way. I'll get tissues. Noah leaps up and grabs the Kleenex box on Mr. Huddle's desk. Everything okay over there? Mr. Huddle frowns as Noah hurries back to me. Just a nosebleed, I mutter, pulling a bunch of tissues out of the box. I hold them under my nose and pinch my nostrils with my other hand. Noah isn't the only one staring at me now. The whole class is. My cheeks go hot again. The nosebleed is nothing, but the staring, that's what makes me squirm. I need to get away from it. You'd better go to the nurse's office, Zaley, Mr. Huddle says, granting my wish. Can someone walk her there? 
Noah starts to answer, but I push my chair back. I'm fine, really, I can go on my own. My pinched nose muffles my voice. Someone snickers, Jill, but I don't look. Are you sure? Mr. Huddle asks. I nod and hurry out the door before he can question me further. I exhale in the empty hall. The nurse's office is all the way on the other side of the school, so I stop in the closest bathroom first. I turn on the sink and the water comes spurting out, cold. I rinse the blood off my fingers and cup some water in my hands. It looks whitish today, almost like milk. I guess they've been pumping it extra cloudy. I splash it on my nose and grab a wad of paper towels to stuff up my nostrils as I walk to the nurse's office. There are two ways to get there. I can either walk through the halls all the way to the other side of the school or cut through the courtyard. The first would mean I don't have to leave the air conditioning, but the second would save me a few minutes and a walk past Principal Gladder's office. Not that I'm scared of her or anything. Scared is a drastic word, but why wouldn't I take a shortcut if I have that option? I head out the door to the courtyard. I'm already sweating by the time I pass the picnic benches. Voices rumble nearby. Is one of the younger grades having class outside? It seems too hot for that. It's always too hot for that. Even the breeze I feel now makes little difference. But that's the Southwest for you, as Grandma sometimes says. Not that I have any point of comparison. I round the corner where the school's brick wall leads to another section of the courtyard and freeze. A group stands at the far end, a semicircle of backs facing me. Hair spills down some of the backs. I gasp a little. Outsiders. Principal Gladder's assistant, Ms. Mohill, is standing in front of them, talking and gesturing with her hands. But I'm too far away to hear what she's saying. I should go before she looks my way. But now she's turning to point at the founding story of Gladder Hill, engraved in the plaque on the wall behind her. So I let myself stare a little longer. I squint. Two of the outsiders are tall, adults, and the rest are shorter. The short ones must be kids, though from here it's hard to be sure. There are at least 10 of them. My stomach dances at the thought. 10 new faces. I haven't seen a new one since Joy Torres's baby brother was born six months ago. And before that, not since a tour group came last summer. Parents-to-be who wanted to join our waiting list and raise their kids here. I didn't have a good view of that group either, though I could see the protruding bellies. I see none now. As the breeze picks up, a girl at the back of the group sneezes. A piece of paper slips from her hand. She turns to snatch it, but the wind beats her to it, whipping it away from her, toward me. The girl starts to chase it. I scuttle backward until I'm around the corner and out of sight. Holding my breath, I watch the cement in front of me. I should go back inside. I should mind my own business. The piece of paper prances into view. It seems rude to just watch it instead of helping. Plus, it might blow out of reach if I'm not quick, and then I'll have lost my chance to be more than a spectator. I step forward and snatch it up. Life in Gladder Hill, the leafless says at the top. There's more text in smaller print, but the girl reaches me before I have time to read it. Oh, thanks for catching that, she pants. I take her in. Round cheeks, thick eyelashes, a long nose with a brown dot on one side. There's a strange blue tint to her eyelids and her lips are pinker and shinier than I knew lips could be. Things hang from her ears, glinting ornaments with little beads, peeking through hair that hangs around her face in a brown mass, 
so unlike the buzz cuts we all have here. No problem, I mumble, handing her the leaflet. She smiles and her top teeth surprise me. A shiny thread-like piece runs across them, linking little squares on each tooth. I know I'm staring, but I can't help it. It's not every day I get to see a new face. I want to memorize this one. Lock it inside my head to go over later. It's completely different from the hundred other faces in Gladder Hill, and yet there's a bit of Emily Brentworth around the eyes and a touch of Miss Coy in the nose. I'm Beryl, she says. I'm Zaley. I remember I'm holding a bloody paper towel and hide it behind my back, hoping my nose has stopped bleeding. Are you on a tour? She nods. Well, a field trip. Do you live here? Yeah. Her eyes widen. Green eyes. Wow, that must be weird. I frown. Not really. I glance down at her shirt. It's tight. I didn't even know they made shirts that fit like that. Orange words sweep across the front. Barkby Middle School, girls soccer. You're from Barkby? I blurt. All I know about Barkby is that it's the closest town to us where most of our supplies come from. That's all adults have told us about it, aside from the fact that most people are unhappy there, just like everywhere else outside Gladder Hill's gates. I want to ask Beryl a million more questions. How many people are there in Barkby? How many faces? Are they all different like they are here? But those are bad thoughts, so I keep them to myself. Yep, Beryl says. Our social studies teacher's been dying to take us here. She's even making us miss a pep rally. Those are always super fun. But she kept saying this trip's more important and we'll find it inspiring and stuff. Oh, so what do you think? Beryl looks around the courtyard past my shoulder as if hoping there's more to see. She shrugs. It's cute. Cute? That must be Barkby lingo. Before I can ask, she adds, but not what I expected. I thought you guys would be like the Amish or something. She grins, wider than before, revealing those shiny linked squares on her teeth again. A little dent appears in one of her cheeks. I've noticed how that happens to a few other people when they smile. Maggie Kirkman, Ricky Sanchez, Gemma Greco. I don't think it happens to me. Not from what my fingers can tell, anyway. The Amish? I frown. Can I get a pic with you? Oh, and my mom wanted me to get one with Felicity Gladder. Is she around? Principal Gladder? Kids never call her by her first name. Yeah. Beryl reaches into her pocket and then pauses. Oh, wait. She puffs out her cheeks. They wouldn't let us bring our phones. I don't know how you stand all the rules. I mean, they wouldn't even let me wear sunglasses. I hesitate. I've never had so many questions spinning through my head. Why would she lug a phone around with her? And now I want to ask what sunglasses are, but I assume from the name that they're made of glass. One of our banned materials. Something we shouldn't be talking about. Doesn't she know she shouldn't be talking about it? But my teacher says it's all for a good cause. Beryl studies me for a few seconds and I fidget. Then she leans towards me, lowering her voice. Is it true no one here knows what they look like? My pulse quickens. You shouldn't talk about that, I whisper. But it doesn't seem fair. Beryl shakes her head. I mean, don't you have the right to know? Excuse me, Miss Mohill appears behind Beryl, making us both jump. Today she's wearing one of those t-shirts with our motto in big green letters. Everyone's gladder in gladder hill. Young lady, I said not to leave the group. And Zaley, you should be in class. Sorry, I was just heading to the nurse, I stammer. I got a nosebleed. Miss Mohill's eyes narrow and dart over me. 
maybe looking for proof for blood, but she doesn't let on if she sees any. Is she going to tell Principal Gladder on me? Well, you can go through the other door, she says, pointing at a door to my right in the opposite direction of the tour group, the long way to the nurse. I nod and exchange a glance with Beryl. She mouths by before I turn and hurry toward the door. As I open it, I dare one last glance over my shoulder, but Beryl has already disappeared around the corner with Ms. Mohill. She's gone, her face too, though in my mind it remains, a memento, a keepsake, stored now with the other faces of Gladder Hill. Other faces are all I have to go on when it comes to certain questions in my head. Other faces can tell me what might be possible for my own. And now, here's a new possibility. So that is the end of the chapter, The Town with No Mirrors. So fascinating to live in a place where there's no mirrors or any other way to see what you look like. I'm kind of curious to see what else this book is about. Maybe you are too. Come check it out. If not, there are many, 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 many other books that you can check out in the library. And I just want to say thank you for listening and I hope you join me next time on another Next Reads.